Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Good morning once again, everyone. Um, thank you for joining Prayer Rain. Um, we made it to day nine of Prayer Rain. Um, I'll just make a few announcements and then um, we'll go into the teaching and the session for today. Um, so my name is Pastor Stephanie um, and it's my honor and privilege to serve and to bring the, um, the word of God to us this morning. Prayer Rain was, um, for this month of May, was initially slated for seven days, but by the sixth into the seventh day, we sensed that the Lord, you know, was asking us to keep going because he hadn't yet released the burden um, from us um, spiritually. So we, you know, beckoned and we continued to journey with him. So we're going on for another week and Prayer Rain will now be ending on the 14th of March, which is on Saturday. Um, there was a meeting that was supposed to hold on the 14th by Children of Influence, which is the Children of Influence um, Parents Conference, I believe, but it has been moved to the 21st. We had made the announcement before, but I think a number of people missed it. So it has been moved to the 21st. So the prayers, the one week of prayers that we were going to have leading up to um, the Children of Influence We'll now start on the 15th, which is Sunday, and then we'll use the 15th to the 20th into the 21st to meet and pray, um, and then we'll have the conference on the 21st. So please take note of that. I know people had invited um, their friends and, you know, other people to be a part of it, but um, this is the change that we had to make. So um, I just wanted to put it out there. So good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to Prayer Rain. Um, it's been such a powerful time in God's presence. Um, it's been a season where we've been learning about power and um, every the different kinds of power. Um, the other day, the Lord, you know, is um, took us in the direction of understanding the role of faith um, and we started to see how faith is the capsule that releases or activates the power that God has given to us because the power that we speak of is resident in us as long as we are saved as long as we are of Christ Jesus you know we have that power so um, we started to see how it is by faith that you can activate that power and not just having faith enough to believe but faith to do the works that Jesus did Jesus said the works that I have done you will do even greater so for us to do what he did and greater than that just imagine how much faith we need and then we looked at scripture and when apostle paul was talking to the church and he said to them um because you have faith these are the things you need to do you need to add to your faith so he said um he, he, he listed the virtues that you need to add to your faith. And he said, when you do this, you will make your election sure. When you do this, you will prove that you are a worthy investment of the kingdom of God. When you do this, you will prove that God made the right choice in blessing you and calling you and bestowing all of these gifts upon you. So it is not just enough to have the seed, um, the, the, the mustard seed faith, you know, um, because if you even look at the mustard seed, the mustard seed, in, by itself is very, very, very tiny, but that is, it, it, it doesn't even speak of the potential of the mustard seed. And I believe that that scripture talked about the mustard seed to show us the potential of growth that we have, because you see scripture doesn't just pick, uh, the, the, the Bible doesn't just mention words just because, or use um, examples or use elements just 
for giving example sake. So for the mustard seed to be used as an example, it then shows you that you may start as a seed, but you have the ability to become so much more than where you start from. So it is um, an urging and an invitation for all of us to invest in our salvation, invest in our faith, invest in our growth. This is the season where we must invest in our growth. I remember um, in my university, um, one of the things our chancellor used to say to us was buy the truth and sell it not. You know, um, you have to be very um, intentional about the truth that you feed yourself with with the material you feed yourself with. You must be a person of the books. We, we looked at scripture and we saw how um, Jesus said, I came as it is written by me in the volume of the books. So you have to be one, a scholar of the books and the book of all books is scripture. So you have to be one that studies to show yourself approved. I remember, I remember that scripture the other day when Pastor Isi was ministering, how we must study to show ourselves approved. So you must study. You must study. It starts from studying. And yesterday, she um, she spoke about revelation, um, um, the power of um, the knowledge of God, and it's a recurring um, theme that we have been hearing as well. For you to know God, you must take the time to study. You must take the time to understand. You must take the time to read. You must take the time to fill yourself up with the knowledge. And one thing that she always says always respect the text. Don't be quick to start expecting um, signs and wonders and angelic visitations and all of that when you haven't even sat down with the text that is in your hand. I remember I've shared this before in prayer ring. There was a time when I was easily taken by, you know, and I didn't realize I was, I just thought it was a fantastic thing to have such aspirations and say, oh, um, I want to have a, a visitation. I want an encounter. I want Jesus to appear to me. You know, that, yeah, I was just coming up with all kinds of things. Um, those things are fantastic, but you see, um, I then gained perspective and realized that for you to even desire to see the reason physical Christ, you must reverence the written Christ, which is the word of God. So Jesus Christ is the word of God. And every time we sit down and we study and we take our, you know, Bibles and we sit with scripture, what we are doing is we're consummating our relationship with him. Um, it's like, so for someone like me who likes to write letters, um, or I used to enjoy writing letters. I remember back then I wouldn't even type a letter. I would handwrite it because the person that I'm giving the letter to, I want them to see my beautiful handwriting, number one. Number two, I want them to, I wanted it to have a personal touch, you know, so I would take my time writing letters. Sometimes I'll even take paper, spray it with some perfume, you know, with my cute gel pens. This was back then in secondary school, you know, and put in a nice cute envelope, maybe put candy in it or something, you know, just very thoughtful and to think that Jesus Christ by the uh, uh by the spirit um caused men to sit down and be inspired by the spirit of God and write down these words for us what are you doing with the letters that God has given to you you know um for you to get to know a person you have to spend time with them you have to talk to them you have to communicate with them and God releasing his word to us is his way of communicating with us and the interesting thing about the word of God is that it is not just letters. It is not just writings. There is a spirit in the word of God and it is the Holy Spirit. It is a spirit that is alive in Christ Jesus. And every time we sit down with the author of the word of God, that spirit is released over us. So there are certain things that maybe Apostle Paul wrote or maybe um, um, Peter wrote or maybe um, Daniel wrote, but he couldn't, he probably couldn't capture 
full context, you know, um, but um, you are sitting down with the person that inspired the person to write it, the person that inspired Paul, the person that inspired Peter, the person that inspired Daniel, the person that inspired Abraham, the person that inspired all these great men and women we see in scripture, you know, so how much more you are getting full context, you are getting full details, you are getting a fuller scope of what, you know, um, what the word of God is saying. So this is the season where each and every one of us has to arise in our knowledge of the word of God and it starts with the study of the word, the word, the word, the word of God. You cannot be a powerful Christian. You cannot even be a prayerful Christian if you do not give yourself to the study of the word of God. People often say, oh, I want to be able to pray so powerfully. Oh, how do you have such articulation? I want to be able to pray like that. And, all of that. and I say, I mean, I never plan it. I don't try to make a show of anything um, amongst other things the word of God. The word of God is what gives you context. It is what gives you articulation. It is what gives you language. So I encourage us all to take more time in studying the word of God. I pray that the Lord will cause our hearts to burn for his word again. I pray that the Lord will create a sacred um, place in our hearts where we reverence his word like never before. I pray that for Every time we get up to sit with the word of God and to study that we will be washed by the words, we will be cleansed by the words, we will be purified by the words, not just the words, but we will begin to interact with the spirit of the word, that the spirit of the word of God will begin to know us as we know him in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that we will be able to measure our growth and measure our relationship and measure um, our journey with the word of God going forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I hope you're still with me. Please stay with me. Praise God. Amen. Okay. So please pardon my glasses. Um, I'm just going to go into the word and I'm going to trust God for where he wants to take us this morning. So um, when I began to um, prepare, what the Lord said to me was the power of transformation. And we see that in the book of um, Ephesians chapter one, just the, the scripture that was shared this morning when we started praying by 5 a.m. So we meet to pray at 5.30 a.m. But by five o'clock, the prayer team gets up and starts praying. So you're welcome to join us. But if you're joining us, you're going to pray. Um, so we meet, we start at five and then the call opens up at 5.30. But it's the same link so you can join. So I'm going to go right to Ephesians chapter one um, from verse 17, I believe. So Paul was speaking to writing to the Ephesians and he said, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight. I'm reading from the Amplified intimate insight into the true knowledge of him for the father through the son. Please mute your microphone. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with light of the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee 
the confident expectation to which he will, he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, in the saints, God's people. And so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, every above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and, and world, but also in the one to come. So verse 17 um, captures... Um, transformation um, captures the context that I would like us to start from. It says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal insight into the true knowledge of him a deep and personal insight into the true knowledge of him. Yesterday, P.I. was speaking to us and she was talking about um, the knowledge of God. And um, we, 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 she, she, she taught us about the knowledge of God. And she also, you know, amongst other things, spoke about the need to be scholars of the word of God. Um, and it's interesting to see how the word of God is what gives us light. The word of God is what gives us revelation. It's very interesting um, where I'm from. There's an Igbo, I don't know if it's Igbo or if it's an African adage that says, that basically translates to mean that whenever you wake up, is your morning, you know, it means that your beginning starts when you are ready. And when someone really begins, the beginning of a thing is when light comes. In scripture, we see that in the beginning, God created. It was when he began to say, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. When the spirit of God was brooding over the surface of, you know, over the deep, over the darkness. And then God began to speak and call things forth by faith. He crafted and he created the world, um, the earth and everything that we see in six days and on the seventh day he rested. So we see that the beginning starts for a thing or for a person when they receive light. The Bible says the entrance of your word giveth light and it gives understanding to the simple. And we see people in scriptures that were that received light and they were changed. Their lives were changed. People that were transformed. If we look at um, the story of Saul um, in scripture, um, Saul who is Paul, who, whose letter we are reading, the Bible tells us that he was on the road. If anyone has that scripture, please, can you um, just share it? He was um, on the way to Damascus and he was hit by light. Um, he encountered Jesus Christ on his way to go about what he was doing before. And the reason why I share that proverb is because talking about your morning being the day that you wake up or the day that, you, um, the day that your life begins, you may have been living, you, you would have been living life before you were going about your regular business. You were doing all the things that you thought were right, you know, but it's the day that you receive perspective and the day that you receive insight and the day that you receive revelation. Acts chapter nine, thank you. The day that you receive revelation, that is the day that your life begins to shift. P.I. mentioned it on the call yesterday and she said, the day that you wake up and you decide and you've resolved in your heart that I am going to make a change 
that is the day that your life changes. She said, and you know, if you if, if we even look at our lives, there are people that just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be intentional about these things. I'm going to cut down on certain things. I'm going to, you know, when they start resolving, you don't have to wait for the clock to strike January 1st. You can wake up one day and say, now I'm going to change my life. And the changing of your life is not that everything is going to change in one day. No, it's that that decision you have made has set you on a journey, a process and a trajectory of decisions that will help you arrive at the destiny, arrive at a, a, a desired end, arrive at a future that you are looking onto. So we see that a new day um, is by reason of the decisions you make and the directions that you take in your life. And what allows you to um, experience a new day, as we see in scripture, is the entrance of the word of God, is the entrance of light. I want us to pray this morning that the Lord will set us on the path to destiny. If there is any way that we may have misstepped, if there is any way that we may have lost our tracks, we've been lost in our tracks, I want us to pray that the Lord will cause us to will redirect us by his spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray for yourself this morning that light will reach you this morning as you hear the word of God. Your, the gates of your heart will be open and you will receive light. You will receive clarity. You will receive understanding in the mighty name of Jesus. For it is the spirit of God that has the power and the ability to change the life of a man. It is not the words of a man. It is not the rema of another man. It is not by the personal experiences or encounters of another person. Those things are enough to excite and motivate us. But the only thing that has the power to transform us is the weapon of the word of God. Spirit of the living God, we pray that you will inject the power resident in the word of God into our bloodstreams this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, our desire is to arrive at transformation. Our desire, oh God, is to arrive at the place where Christ is fully formed in us. Our Lord and our God, whatever decisions we need to take, we know that it will only be rightly informed by the word of God. And so, word of God, we invite you to come and rest and dwell and settle in our lives. In the name of Jesus, Father, switch our perspectives this morning. Help us to weigh things right. Help us to weigh accurately, weigh according to the Spirit. Let us know what to give priority to. Let us know what to invite invest our time and our lives to, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. As we have prayed, Lord, we will continue to pray that you will give us eyes that see. Father, cause us to be men and women that judge not after the flesh, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Our Father, let this month not end without us seeing measurable changes, Lord, measurable change in decisions that we have made in our lives, in the mighty name of Jesus. Give us the bonus and the courage to confront, Lord, the hard decisions, the things that we have stayed away from, oh God, the things that we have avoided, Lord, by reason of fear, by reason of ignorance, whatever it is, Lord, that has made us stand in the place where we have refused to address matters with you in the spirit. Lord Jesus, this morning we pray that every signal that you show us, every prompting that you give to us in the spirit, Lord, we will not throw it away. We will not look away from it, Lord. You will teach us how to surrender them to you, my Father, 
in the mighty name of Jesus. I hope you're praying this morning. Our help, help us, O Lord, my God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. O Lord, help me, O God, to transform, to be transformed by your word. read from acts chapter nine uh, and just share a few things um that stood out for me while i was studying the scripture Praise God. Stay with me, please. Okay, I see someone typed it out, but I just want to read from my Bible. Okay, so Acts chapter 9. And Saul yet breathing, and Saul yet breathing, yet breathing out threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues. And if he found any of this, of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. So they heard, but they couldn't see. And Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, 
but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street, which is called streets and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. I'll stop here um, because we know how the story goes. Ananias was like, ah, God, he, he wants to kill me before my time. Is this the same, <laughs> the same man that we've heard of, you know, that has been killing people and all? But very interesting is that what we see here is what Saul was doing was he was doing religion. And if we bring it into the context of our lives today, a lot of people are doing religion. A lot of people are going to church. A lot of people are attending prayer meetings. A lot of people are going for all the worship concerts. A lot of people are doing all of these things, but they are not doing the will of God. They are not walking in the will of God. And that's the problem with culture and tradition. It puts you in a box. It doesn't allow you shift. It doesn't allow you journey. It doesn't allow you experience God. It just keeps you there. You are constantly walking. You are constantly in motion, but you are not arriving at the plan and the will of God for your life. There's that scripture that talks about having the resemblance of, you know, the resemblance of godliness, but denying its power. So you have that resemblance of godliness. When people look at you, they're like, ah, for this person, you know, they'll say, the person is God-fearing in quotes, you know, but when they come closer, you know, or when a, a, a magnifying glass, a spiritual magnifying glass is placed upon you, there's no power. Denying the power of the gospel, denying the power of salvation, denying the power of the spirit of God. Um, I pray this morning that whatever trait or seed or strain of religion that is still at work in our lives, spirit of the living God, that thing that causes us to have the appearance of godliness, but yet disables us from walking in the fullness of power of God. Deliverance this morning, Holy Spirit. Deliver us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Deliver us, oh God. Deliverance this morning for each and every person on this call. I don't know about you, but this morning I want to be delivered. I do not want to be under the yoke and the siege of, of religion. I want to be delivered from it. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that you will deliver me. Open my eyes to see, oh God, whatever it is that religion has masqueraded itself as, Lord, and is still at work in my life. My Lord, I pray that you will deliver me from that yoke, oh God, that ungodly yoke, any yoke that is not of you, Lord, any, any seed that you have not planted in my life, Lord, any tree, oh God, that is bearing fruit in my life, Lord, that is not of you. My Lord, and my God, I invite you by your spirit to go into the foundations of my life and of my soul and begin to uproot in the name of Jesus. What I hear in my heart and in my spirit is a bulldozer. Lord, 
Lord, we invite you to bulldoze and to uproot and to take away anything, oh God, that has manifested itself in strength, oh God, and in standard and in capacity and has stood over our lives for so long, Lord, and has held us captive. Lord, we cannot do it by ourselves. Whatever mountain, oh God, that still exists, Father, and is tormenting us, Lord, and causing us to stray, oh God, or not fully arrive at the brightness of a new day in you, our Lord and our God, we invite fight your spirit to take away from us in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh Lord, as we hear these words, oh God, as we make these prayers, let your spirit move within us and begin to do the work. Our Lord and our God, we repeat the words that you spoke, Lord, when you created and you turned things around at, at the beginning, Lord. You said, let there be light. Oh my God, I pray and I speak over my soul. Oh, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let every darkness be turned around in the name of Jesus as the spirit of God broods over my heart by, by my invitation this morning. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Because the word of God to overturn every evil agenda that has played out in my life thus far. In the name of Jesus. Religion that makes itself look godly but has no power. Everything that has caused a shortage of the manifestation of the power of God, the pleasure of God in my life. My God, reveal it this morning, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The thing about religion is that it is very, it, it is tied to tradition and tradition and culture is a, is, is, is a breaker of, of a hedge. So it will keep opening the door to the enemy. It will keep opening the door to what is familiar. It will keep allowing you plateau. It will keep allowing you stay in the place where you get comfortable with the status quo. You tell yourself, ah, please, I beg, there's no, there's no big deal. There's no big deal. I'm not the first and I won't be the last. Who said you are not the first? Who said that you won't be the last in your lineage to have to deal with strongholds. Father, in the name of Jesus, every stronghold, Lord, that stands in the way, in the in the way of the knowledge of you, that doesn't allow us to shift, Father, this morning, we lay it at your feet, oh God. We lay every burden at your feet, Father. We ask that you take control. We ask that you help us, oh God. We ask that you shift us, oh God, and indeed you transform us, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So the Lord said to him, the Lord told him that a man was going to visit him and his name is Ananias. And um, the meaning of the word Ananias is um, one whom Jehovah has graciously given. So in this season of power and in the season of visitation and in the season of um, that we're in, God is going to be releasing to us men and women that he has graciously given to us. And it is important that our eyes can see and see according to the perspective of God so that we do not misjudge them, so that we will know and will be able to identify the light of God and the grace of God that he, he has placed upon them that we need. It's interesting that the word grace is using in the definition of the name Ananias because in this season of your life, there are certain graces that you do not have, but you need to be able to journey. And there were graces that Ananias had that Paul needed. So God had to um, connect him with Ananias so that he could make that journey. There are certain things that you will need to outsource, but you need to be able to rightly identify 
who has what you need, who carries the thing that you need. And many times what stands in the way for, for people um, is their inability to see or their inability to steward relationships, you know, and it was one of the things I know PI had spoken about yesterday. Some people don't know how to keep people. Some people don't know how to steward relationships. Some people don't know how to maintain relationships or manage conflicts or manage, you know, situations. If anything happens, they have a very short tolerance span. It's like, please, this person did this, did that, but this is not the time for that. This is not to excuse or permit certain, um, be, um, as we will say, bad behaviors, you know, but once you have perspective, there's a way that you would even be able to deal with certain issues. When you have perspective and you know what is at stake and the reason why God has placed certain people in your life, the way you handle and the way you deal with them um, um, will will be very different. You will still what things better. You would still what things with understanding. You will manage situations and relationships with understanding. I pray that the Lord will give us understanding in this time and in this season. As he's showing us the people that he's graciously releasing to us, I pray that we will also see the people that he's graciously taking away from our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. We will not have to make excuses um, for setbacks. We will not have to make excuses for relationships that do not foster our growth in the knowledge of God. I pray that the Lord will give us the strength, the ability, the wisdom, and the understanding to be able to um, 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 identify the places and the people that we need in this time and in this season of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Praise God. Yes, so, we are. Yes. Okay. So um, while I was still, you know, going on this journey of taking down my notes and looking at transformation from, I, I made a few notes of some other people, um, Jabez and how his life was transformed. Another thing that's interesting about transformation is that um, when, when you encounter the light of God or coming into the knowledge of God, because it then leads you to transform to transformation, you are transformed to the point where your name changes. And what does your name speak of? Your name speaks of your identity. It speaks of your authority. It speaks of your recognition. It speaks of your influence. You know, um, your name changes, but the name changes first for you in the secret place before other people would even come into the knowledge of it. So you must know who God sees you as, and you must know who God call, has called you to be until you can see the picture and know that, yes, this is who I am. Then you can start journeying towards that picture and we see people in scripture that um like Jabez when he prayed he the bible started by introducing him by his name and said his he was his mother gave birth to him out of pain you know and he started praying from that point of identity that he had been marked with from birth um we also see Saul how this journey ended, in fact, which was the beginning of another journey for him, was when his name changed. I mean, when he met with God, and we see at the point where his name changed from, he went from being Saul to Paul. Another person, interestingly, that we see in scripture that's got to a point where he realized that he needed to make a change in his life was the prodigal son. The Bible tells us that he took his inheritance. He went about to live the rioter and went, you know, spent his inheritance on riotous living and riotous living is anything that does not glorify God. So it may look good 
just because something looks good does not mean that it is good according to the context of God, because good is tough and tough speaks about having the ability to create or reproduce the sacred future. So when you say something is good, is it the will of God for your life? Is it his perfect will for you? Just because it is acceptable or just because it is permitted does not mean that it is good. So um, he took his inheritance and did what he thought he should do for himself, you know, but he arrived at the day where he said, why am I allowing myself remain in this place? I'm coming from a place. I'm coming from a kingdom. I'm coming from a household where there is enough, where there is plenty. Why am I subjecting myself to all of this suffering and this type of living? And he arose that day. I would say for the prodigal son, that was the day that his, his, his morning started. You know, that was the day that he received clarity and received light. Who knows? Perhaps his father was praying for him. You know, so when we talk about revelation and we talk about the entrance of light, it starts from the spiritual place. A man doesn't just arrive at that place. It's by prayer, by brooding, and by staying in the word of God. So there is light that may hit a person and it may seem like, oh, look at that person. He used to be so, 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 and so. But it's like one day he just changed his mind. You don't see what's happening um, um, behind the curtains. You don't know who has been praying for them. You don't know who has been, you know, standing in the gap for them. But for a man to arrive at that point where decisions are being made, it means that an altar is being serviced and prayers and, you know, um, um, spiritual warfare is, 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 is taking place on the person's behalf. So there are some that find themselves being called and there are some that intentionally come into that place of, I need to make changes, you know, whatever, whatever case it is, the spirit of the Lord is the one that leads us into that place where we start to make those changes. Interestingly, um, I'm now going to move on to um, people in scripture that the Bible tells us categorically made changes in their lives. And you see those people that changed, it wasn't. It wasn't, um, it wasn't at the public declaration or the public show of office that they became men and women of exploits. It was when the Bible tells us like Deborah, the Bible says, when I, Deborah, arose, I arose a mother in Israel. So Deborah went from being just a, you know, she was, she was a wife, she was a mother, she was a judge. But when she arose, she became mother in Israel. It was from her becoming mother in Israel that they were able to go on those battles and go on those journeys and those generals were able to join her. So when they started arriving at the place where Jael is able to, you know, um, 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 find her position in the army and people um, are rising up with her and they are winning battles. Imagine Deborah of today. People that said, ah, that woman, she just came up from nowhere. Nobody knew who she was. Nobody saw her coming, all of that. But people were not there when she made that decision that she had to arise. When she arose, that was when the change happened. When she went from dealing and staying in the place of what she was used to and moving into the place where... Um, she decided to take up responsibility. She went from just being a woman, being the mother of a few, to becoming the mother of nations, becoming a mother in Israel, becoming the liberator of a nation, becoming the, 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 the breaker of chains, becoming the general that led an army. I, Deborah, I arose, I arose a mother in Israel. The Bible also tells us that Daniel, when he found himself in the king's palace, even though they were given all the fantastic, beautiful things that looked, you know, like they were, 
the best offers they could ever get. When they saw everything that was placed on the table, the Bible tells us that Daniel proposed in his heart. It is when you begin to make those decisions and you propose in your heart, that is when your life starts changing. It is not when you arrive at the place where that your name, Daniel, is being changed to Belshazzar. No, it is the decision that you have made. When you make those decisions in the secret place, the shift begins to happen. The Bible also tells us concerning Daniel, when he went on um, the fast and he prayed, um, when the angel appeared to him, he said to him, when you had resolved in your mind and made up your mind that you wanted to go on this journey and you wanted to pray, your answer was already sent to you. The reason why you experienced the delay was because I was held up by the Prince of Persia. So you see that it is once you change your posture, that is when your life begins to change. Once you change your posture, I pray that God will give us the courage to change our posture because many times, um, People look at the whole journey and they get overwhelmed by it. They don't realize that the victories occur in the small decisions. The victories occur in the change of posture. The, the victories occur in the consistency of decisions. Because you see, there is a power of or there's a power that is released over a man by reason of his consistent actions and his consistent decisions. So you just need to be consistent in your conviction, be consistent in your resolution, be consistent in your posture, be consistent in your mind, be consistent in what the Lord has said to you, be consistent. It may not be the most popular position. You may even appear to be a fool. You may appear to, to be silly. You may appear to have lost your mind, but be consistent. Be consistent. If there's anything you take away from this call this morning, remember, be consistent in your convictions. It is leading to birthing a sacred future for you. As long as the Lord has put it in your heart, be consistent. Stay with God. Even though it may not be clear, even though it may seem like it may not make sense, be consistent. Stay. That was one of the things that I had to learn. Um, in my journey with God, consistency. And it is a constant, it's a journey that I am constantly improving on consistency. You just have to stay. I pray that the Lord will give us the courage to be consistent first with our decisions, then with our actions in the name of Jesus, be consistent with our decisions and then our actions. Lord, help us to be able to arrive at a point where we make up our minds to do your will, Father. We make up our minds, Lord, to change our lives, Lord, according to the leading and the direction of your spirit. Father, give us the grace, the grit, the courage, the bonus, everything that we need to be, to, to, to be consistent in decision-making because that is where the actions will flow from. Father, give us this ability, Lord. Give us this grace, Lord. Give us this, this strength, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see, yesterday when P.I. was speaking, she talked about, um, maybe not in these exact words, but she said we are in a season or a season that is coming, probably is here already, that requires skilled and crafted men of the spirit, people that have been trained in the secret place of the Most High, people that have been trained and led by the Holy Spirit. And the skills we are talking about are not the skills that you are going to sit down in school and learn. It's not those kind of skills that can equip you for what is to come. You have to have the skills that are um, engineered from the place that is above this realm because we've gotten to a point on earth where it is now about power. It's like, as we say, power past power. It's a battle of powers, you know? And so the question is, who has skilled you? Who has equipped you? Or if, how do you even stay skilled and equipped? 
and I'll be rounding off with this. I'll be rounding up with this and we'll pray and we'll go. And I just pray that the Lord will give us understanding. The Bible tells us that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So we see again that it is the knowledge of God that gives us strength. We're talking about power. It's the season of power. So it starts with the knowledge of God. First strength, knowledge of God, then strength, and then doing of exploits. It is strength that equips you to do exploits. It is power that equips you to do exploits. And so um, it's very interesting that um, David was who, you know, was highlighted in my spirit when I was preparing for this. And I was like, okay, David, what about David? And I started to, the Lord started to show me how, um, you know, just in, in line with what I had just shared about your day of um, of manifestation is not the day. It may not be the day of the public show where people are saying that, oh, you've been crowned or you've been ordained or all of that. For some people, it happens before you are publicly ordained. For some, it is after they have been ordained, you know, that they now realize, okay, this is where I am. But most times I would say it is better for you to have even received your own revelation before the day of your showing, before the day of your arrival. So we see David in scriptures. We know the, the story of how he was a shepherd boy. And when Samuel went to his father's house um, to anoint the next king, he wasn't even considered. And God had already told Samuel that when you go there, don't judge according to sight. You know, but Samuel went there, the first person he saw, he said, ah, this must be God said, no, I've not chosen him until they got to David. You know, and when they got to David, he was anointed. Now, um, the Bible tells us shortly after in that scripture that um, after... Um, David was anointed, the spirit of God came upon him and the spirit of God in the next verse departed from Saul. So the spirit of God came upon him and departed from another person. And interestingly, shortly after that, we see where um, he had to stand before Goliath and he had to stand before Goliath. Now he wasn't even the obvious king then, he had just been anointed, but we see how David was one that loved the Lord and he had been journeying with God and journeying with the Holy Spirit, you know, so the day that he was ordained, the next day, it seemed like a regular day, nothing had changed, but he was coming from a place of training and of being skilled by the Spirit of God. So in the day when he had to face Goliath, the Bible tells us that Saul came and Saul wanted to give him his armor. Saul wanted to place, you know, his mantle upon him and it's not necessarily because because the bible doesn't ex expressly say that it was because he knew that the spirit of god had left Saul. no it wasn't about that but he was very sure in what he had received in god so he did not need the endorsement of the king or he did not need the validation of the king or the mantle or the or the armor of the king for him to be able to stand in battle you know he, the, the king gave it to him, but, you know, I'm sure it's just like, okay, thank you very much, sir, but, you know, I'm fine. I will go ahead and do what I need to do. And so he was able to stand before, um, he was able to stand before Goliath and we see how he slayed Goliath. So I say this about Saul to say that we need to realize that you can only be a sidekick for so long. In this case, David was not even the sidekick of, of, of Saul, but let's even just say that 
like um what's it called joshua and moses you know you cannot stay under the shadow of someone for so long even if it was the case that david was using the armor of Saul. that's not what the bible says let's just imagine let's you know that he had been using the armor of Saul before but a day came when it was the armor of david that david needed and that armor of david came from his own personal walking out of salvation with fear and trembling. It came from his own personal testimonies and his personal victories. It came from his own place of interaction with God. Because you see, you can keep following and following and following a person. You can keep following many ministries. You can keep following many pastors. You can keep following many, many believers. But a day will come where a demand is placed for your own anointing, what you carry. A demand is placed for your own voice not what you have received from other people, because that can only lead you thus far or may even mislead you. If you are going to be a man or a woman in this, that, has, that has eyes that can see from the realm of the spirit, you must be able to discern when the time changes, when the, when, 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 when the, the spirit of God or the, 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 surra the surrounding or the environment that God has placed you begins to place a demand for you and not for your mentor and not for, and this is not to say, because we've talked about stewarding relationships. You are prepared for a day. You are prepared for a season. You are prepared for a time where you must arrive and you must arise. It was in the day and the season when Deborah arose, she became a mother in Israel. You have to arise. You have to stand. You have to make that decision to take on your own mantle. So we see how David took on his mantle and he fought against Goliath. It's interesting that the Bible, my, my Bible that I was reading called it David challenges Goliath. And I was just like, that's interesting. I'm going to use this to challenge us on the call today. Maybe we'll do a Goliath challenge. And I think it will be very interesting. So, like I said, a war is coming that requires skill and crafted men of the spirit. And, um, what will a Goliath look like in today's world? What will um, a challenge like this look like in today's world? It could be a mountain that has stood in your way, in your family line. It could be a business or an economic challenge that your nation is facing or your industry is facing. What is that one thing that everybody has given up on? When we think of the country that we all have in common, you know, I'm sure a lot of things come to mind, but it's not just enough to say, oh, God has to be or all of this mute your microphone thank you please mute your mic thank you um it's not just enough to know it but what are you doing about it what are the steps that you are taking how are you rightly positioning yourself because like i said we have the power we have anointing we have all of these things so what is missing Many times it's spiritual strategy that we do not have. And the Bible shows us how David employed spiritual strategy that he could have only received from his, from the times when people were not looking, from the time where, before he even arrived on the scene. These are things that he would have tried and missed and tried and missed and tried and missed. And in that trying and missing, that consistency, he became skilled. Um, so let's open finally to um, the book of First Samuel. So the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. I'm just going to read verse 40 
um, it's called, so the, my, my, my Bible calls it David accepts Goliath's challenge. Just keep this in mind, the Goliath challenge. I think it's something we should all maybe try to do. Take your notes and just write a Goliath challenge. Um, whether it's family, business, as many as you want. So verse 40, the Bible says, David, speaking of David, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that you come with me with you come you come to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Like he used him to do, I feel like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Like literally, he like if David was not ready, that like his spirit would have left his body. And then he said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you unto his hands. I'm sorry, please, can we just like drop mic for David at this point? Because like, what was that? <laughs> Jonathan, as in, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really busy. I'm just like, hey, God, please, I can't wait for prayer. I need to go out and just like, like wrap these words to somebody, you know, but seriously speaking, look at this case now. Uh, Goliath, honestly, like, see, when we get to heaven, I'm going to ask them for the tape because I know they used to record. The way people used to say, oh, prayer, please share the recording. I'm sure angels used to record when they are doing all these things in heaven. They'll be writing, but they are recording because some of us have to play the tape and watch it again because this is epic Israel fame right there. Love it so much. You know, <laughs> I'm having too much fun. <laughs> Praise God. Please stay with me in Jesus' name. Amen. So David, um, so um, thank you for sharing, Sister Phyllis. First Samuel 17, 42, 47. So um, the scripture, let's start from what the scripture identifies. The scripture identifies the tools that David used. And the reason why I was saying the Goliath challenge and the strategies that you need to use is because um, it's not just enough for you to arrive at, at the scene and start saying, I come against you in the name of Father and of, and as Christians, a lot of the times, that's what we do. When we get there is when everything has happened, the giant has come, they want to kill everybody. That's when we want to now start praying. That's when we now want to be quoting in the name of, but we see how, David had prepared himself and armed himself with tools. What are the tools? He had a staff. He had stones. He had a shepherd's bag. He had a sling. And all of these things represented something. If we're talking about staff, in fact, please, what's the time? Please, 7.44. Okay, we're fine. We have some time. Praise God. If we're talking about staff, I would like to invite us to the book of Exodus chapter 3. 
In fact, chapter four, after the burning bush, Exodus chapter four, I'll read quickly. Then Moses answered the Lord and said, what if they will not believe me or take seriously what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, what is it in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it to the ground. So Moses threw it to the ground and it became a living serpent, like a royal symbol on the crown of Pharaoh. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he reached out. Between when Moses ran from it and when God told him, reach out your hand. You see, what does the rod speak of? The rod speaks of your culture. It speaks of your lineage. It speaks of your history. It speaks of your background. It speaks of who you are. So you see, many times when we are saved, um, when God, when we give our lives to Christ, there's a lot of, as we say, yama yama that God has to deal with in our lives. There are lots of things that are underlying so many issues, but God says, come as you are. As people will say, but don't stay as you are. When God begins to, when he starts to deal with these things in our lives, many times, even we, we look in the mirror and we see ourselves and guess what we run. I don't know about you, but there are many times I've looked at myself. I'm just like, God, you know what, please let me just, let, let me just put two of us out of our misery because I don't know how you can behold me you know, or even think anything good of me. You know, when you see your weaknesses, when you see your, like you see your iniquity, the depth of iniquity in your, in, in, in your soul, when you begin to see you are a bitter person, you jealous, you have anger issues, you know, you have all kinds of things you're dealing with. You are lazy, you are slothful, you are unresourceful, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. And it's so easy for you to look at your rod and it will discourage you. But what did God say to him? God said, take it and throw it. God told him to throw it. Why did God tell him to throw it? God told him, surrender your weaknesses to me, whether it is your weakness or whether it is your strength. Because the reason why Moses even had a rod was because he had become a shepherd. He had become a shepherd. He went from living in the palace and became a shepherd. So it was what he knew. It was what he was used to. We're talking about your training and your skill and all of that and how you need to be equipped. But the training that he had had a lot of flaws. And God told him, what do you have in your hand? And he said, Lord, this is what I have. The truth is what you have is, is enough. However, there can be more from that enough that you have. So just because you have one talent and another person has five talents does not mean you should try and be getting that five. However, how can you bring out 10 streams, five streams, 20 streams from that one that you have? You can never cause pure waters or fresh waters to come out of something if you have not laid it at the floor of Jesus. And here we see how God said to him, throw it on the ground. So, so Moses threw it on the ground. And when it became a serpent, like the royal symbol on the crown of Pharaoh. So you see that thing he had was the thing that was, he said it became a royal symbol like the, that's on the crown of Pharaoh. It's like the thing that the enemy will use and come and identify himself with in someone, you know, because Jesus was speaking and he said that the enemy cannot identify himself with me. Why? Because he had fully surrendered and given himself 
to the Lord. Even though Jesus was the anointed, most anointed one, even though he was the savior, even though he was the one that had come to take away the, take away the sins of the world, we see how every day Jesus will arise and spend time in prayer. He entered the wilderness, fasted of food and drink 40 days. The Bible said on, on the last day, he was tired. You know, he was weak. His flesh was completely dead. That was him taking his rod and throwing it before God. Because imagine yourself as Jesus. You know that you are the one that God has sent to save Nigeria. Uh -uh. You'd have killed at least for fifth of the nation. Maybe you would have pardoned some of your family, some, because there are some family members that you will not pardon. You just pardon a few people just for salvation's sake, you know, but I digress. The point is that it's by surrendering the rod to God. That is where he refines it, purifies it, and he's able to instruct you to come back and take it up and use it again for the kingdom. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to just pray for yourself this morning. Pray for yourself this morning. Pray over your life. Pray over your soul. Pray over that rod, that thing that is an extension of who you are. Pray over your, 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 your mind, over, over, over your, your, your lineage, over your family line. Pray that this morning, Oh, Father, this morning we lay our rods before you, O God. Oh, we lay our rods before you, O God. We lay every rod before you, O God. Oh, Father, we pray, O God, that the realization, O God, of the iniquity or the flaws, oh God, will not lead us to a place of fear. Every time we have run away from you, oh God, Father, it is because we have been afraid. Just the way Adam ran because he was afraid, because he saw something was missing in his life. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will fill every void in our lives once again this morning. Let there be no space. Let there be no divide because it is in your presence we are made whole. It is in your presence that those rods of tradition, of culture and religion can be refined, purified and taken up and changed just the way you took the rod of Saul and you caused him to be the rod himself and you caused him to fall to the ground and lay himself at your feet and then you gave him new set of eyes to see again. For a season it seemed like he couldn't see my God because you were refined, purifying, cleansing and transforming him. Father until three days later, my Lord and my God we pray that this season of prayer reign will be our three days. By the end of this May, oh God, we will say that it has been our three days later. It will be the time, Lord, where we met with you, oh God. We pray for a visitation of the three days later, Lord, that Saul had that caused him to shift from who he was to becoming a man of the spirit and a change of name. Baba, transport us this morning in the spirit, oh God, as we lay our rods before you, because we cannot take the mountains, we cannot take the Goliaths, we cannot take, Lord, the challenges, Father, if there is still a seal of Pharaoh that can identify 
identify itself with us, if there is still a mark of the kingdom of darkness that can re reside in us, Lord, or can identify itself in us. Father, we ask, Lord, that as we lay it by your feet this morning, Lord, you will do that which you alone can do, Father. You will take it and break it and remake it, Father, for your glory in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we see how the Lord speaks of his background, his history, his training, everything that he knew, the new life he had come into. After he left um, um, Egypt and went, you know, and, 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 and started a new life, basically, you know, um, this was the new vocation. This was the new occupation that he had. This was probably what was feeding him. This was the way he was earning a living. And the Lord said, give it to me. Everything the Lord is asking us to surrender in this time is not because he's trying to deprive us, but because he's trying to stretch us and increase us. And we see how that rod was used again when he caught to, um, 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 when he stood before Pharaoh and his magicians and he threw, finally, when he threw that rod, the scripture tells us that the rod became a serpent, but this time it swallowed up all the serpents of the, of the magicians. So you see, it now became the superior rod because it had been refined in the hands of the grand architect, God himself. As we give our lives and rededicate and submit and surrender our lives to God, what we are doing is we are saying, Lord, take me and remold me. You are giving yourself back to your maker and you are saying, format me, reprocess me, reprogram me, upgrade my iOS, help me to see better, help me to become better. And every time God, God does that, there is, I would say, a seamless victory that happens. We see how he didn't even have to struggle. After it had swallowed up the serpents of the other magicians, when he stood before the Red Sea, it's interesting that he was still looking around again. I mean, by this time, my guy should have known that, okay, this thing, since this is the only thing that God has been talking to me about, this is a consistent thread in our conversations. Perhaps, maybe I should just try and throw my rod, you know. And um, when he did it again, God used that same rod to part the Red Sea. Father, we pray that you will take us through that process, Lord, where we arrive at the point where your rod is, where our rods are parting Red Seas in front of us from the place of the spirit, from the place of the spirit, from the place of the spirit, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to rush through the rest of it so that I can release us and we can go. Um, another, um, so I, I just talked about the rod, which was the staff, which is, um, I'm talking about the strategies that David used. So the staff, it also talks about um, stones, and it's interesting that stones speak of the sacred memorial um, testimonies, essentially. Um, the Bible talks about the stones that Samuel set up um, to mark where God had helped Israel and to defeat the Philistines. We see in scriptures that um, the fathers of faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were men of altars. They were men that raised altars. And every time they raised an altar, they would put a memorial stone and pour oil and dedicate and, you know, uh, um, mark it for God. So um, stones also speak of strength and firmness, firmness and solidity. Um, but the thing about stones is that it also speaks of commonness. So um, the reason why things are sometimes taken for granted is because they are common. So when we are talking about stones, we are seeing also that scripture that comes to my mind is that that says we overcame 
blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. Each stones represents a memorial and an altar. It speaks about the testimonies, the victories that we have obtained in God. It speaks of altars, yes, but also a place of victory. So every time we say, what are the testimonies? What you are doing is you are reminding yourself of the things that God has done. And when you speak it, you give another believer an opportunity to key into it and to claim it as their own victory. You know, so um, share your testimony is not a thing of, is not something that is, uh, would I say it's not a thing of pride or rather it's not something that should provoke pride or it's not something that we say because we're trying to feel proud about anything. No, it is necessary for the work and for the, um, 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 for the stretching and the of more miracles and more testimonies. So it speaks of stones, but another thing is that stone speaks of commonness, like I said. And because something is common, it's easy for you to take it for granted. You wake up in the morning, maybe you get an email and you see that that job that you have been begging God for and you've been telling everybody to pray with you for, you finally get the job. But then you don't even go back to say thank you. You feel like, hey, I beg, it's not only me, they're giving everybody job. We must never get to the place where we commonize God or commonize the things that God does for us. Because what that now does is that it steals away, not just from us, but from people. Remember in this season, we are talking about good. And from this prayer ring, we're transiting to um, the prayers for our children, securing the, the securing the sacred future. So, and when we're talking about good, we're talking about tov, which is the ability to recreate and to produce the future, the sacred future. So um, testimonies are good because they have the ability to reproduce them themselves. When God was creating in the beginning, everything he created, he said, it is good. Why? Because he was setting in them systems and structures that will recreate and reproduce themselves, recreating and reproducing themselves. So I want you to begin to see your testimony as a seed. You are not just keeping it for yourself. Don't take your light and hide it under the bushel. Don't be like that one servant that had one talent and he said, oh, I was afraid. I wasn't sure. I did not know who it was going to bless. So I just decided to respect myself. I didn't want to make noise. All these people on Instagram, every day, somebody sharing testimony here. I won't be the first and I won't be the last minister. Who told you? Take what God has given you. Set it on. You are a city set on a hill. So everything about your life, set it on a hill. Blow yourself up. And this is not a prideful statement, but highlight everything God is doing for you. Steward them. Share your testimonies. You never know the extent of your obedience. You, you never know how far this light can reach someone. We're talking about revelation and revelation being light. Imagine this revelation that we are sharing from is from the word of God. Imagine if we didn't have the word of God. Where would we be getting context from? If we all had to depend on... Please mute your mics. Imagine if we all had to depend on our just having that personal encounter one-on-one -on -one with God without having any scriptural content or backing. See how much we are encouraged every time we sit down with the word of God. Just staying in the book of Psalms, reading the book of Psalms, how it generates so much energy and generates so much you know, strength for you. Imagine what your testimonies will do for somebody else. So this morning, I would like to plead with us don't hold back on the things that God is doing for you. And I'm not saying this because of prayer. I'm saying generally in your life, when you go to work, when you're with your colleagues, when you're with your friends, 
brag about the things God is doing for you. Don't put it under all oh, the universe. It is not the universe. It is Jesus Christ. He is Jesus Christ. Don't try to use the lingo and the language and the slangs of this world. Don't try to fit in. Be bold and audacious with your faith. Be able to say it with your full chest that yes, Jesus Christ gave this testimony to me. Open your mouth and say, I bless the name of the Lord, my God. I bless the name of Yeshua. I bless the name of Jesus. You don't know there could be another believer there with you that is afraid to come out and talk. But when they see another person, they're like, eh, somebody else has the courage to say this, therefore I can. And then you do it and then you do it and then you do it. And then everybody else that, that look, that's what this thing we're asking God for. He has given us, remember that. So don't hold it back. I think it will be very interesting when we arrive on that, after the trumpet has sounded and all of that, when we now arrive before the presence of God, the things and the metrics that God will use to judge, it may surprise a lot of us because we realize that it's really that serious. Our words are that serious. When you say, ah, please, it's not that serious. It's actually that serious. God will ask you, why did you share your testimony? God will ask you, and that Instagram post you use, why did you use, um, let me not call people's names. Why do you use that person's music? Why didn't you use your own voice to explain? It? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And you'll be like, ah, but God, I went to church. I gave offering. But then you start to realize you did the religious thing. You did the religious thing. You did what was expected. And this morning we have prayed and we've asked the Lord to break the hold of religion. I pray that indeed he will cause our eyes to see and he will cause us to start making better new decisions, better decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to finally close it here. Two other things that he spoke about. The shepherd's bag um, is creep, which is made of leather, and it is thrown over the shoulder to carry provisions. And this talks about your vessels. There's a course that Pastor E.C. taught and teaches. It's called Awaken to Your Purpose. And it talks about how you take your oil and how you fill up the jars of your life. So, if you're talking about strategy, remember we're talking about the strategies for defeating Goliath. If you're talking about, you know what? I think I'm going to do an Instagram live about this. If you want me to do an Instagram live, please wave your hands where my eyes can see. Um, talked about um, what th that's the strategies for defeating Goliath. So the bag talks about your vessels. It is not on the day of your manifestation that you are trying to structure or, you know, put systems in place. There are certain things you need to have set up already because these things are like, they are your seeds. They carry your DNA. They are like your children. It's the children that stand in the gates and defend the fathers. It is the children that are like arrows shot out of the, of the, of the hand of the father. So they defend you and they speak for you in the places where you can't even get to. So, David also had a shepherd's bag. And finally, he had a sling. And the thing about the sling is that the sling was where David put the stone. And when he put the stone in the sling, it was able to give... I'm seeing a lot of physics, but because I haven't done it in a long time, I don't know. I'm hearing velocity. I'm not sure if I'm getting the right terms. It's been secondary school physics that I remember. But there's something about the sling that gives would I say finesse that give velocity, thank you, that gives some kind of finesse to your skill. You may be a skilled person in, let's say, public speaking. You may have a natural raw talent, but how do you refine it? 
How have you have you refined it? Have you worked on yourself? You may be good at cooking, you may be good at crafting things, you may be good at sewing, but have you cleaned the rough edges of your life before you be, arrive at the place where you are crowned as king? The Lord, you must have allowed the Holy Spirit to take you through. Use remember, you are taking the rod and you are placing it before Him. So allow Him to refine it. Allow Him to find a sling that fits your stone, so that any way or anywhere you wield it, you hit your targets. You hit your target. You hit your target. You don't miss. Why? It is skill that allows you to hit that target. Not because you have, uh, it is refined skill rather, not because you are good at it, but because you've refined it. You've practiced it over and over and over again. There's this 10,000 hour rule that talks about if you do a thing for 10,000 hours, you become a master of it. So what are the skills God has given you? Have you mastered them? If you have not mastered these things, how do you now want to do Goliath's challenge and stand before Goliath and start quoting scripture? Scripture will work because God will help you. But there's a part that you also have to do. There's a role that you also have to play. I pray that in the name of Jesus, as we sit down with this Goliath challenge, it will not just be mere words. It will not just be a trend. It will not just be something fantastic that Pastor Stephanie said, but the Holy Spirit will school us and show us the different challenges that we are facing. Challenges in our marriages, challenges in our family life, challenges in our businesses, challenges in our industry, challenges in our society, challenges in our nations that we have closed our eyes to, challenges that he has equipped us and given us the talent and the skill and the ability to confront. And as we give it to him, I pray that the Lord will show us how to strategize, how to galvanize, how to package them together, how to structure them, how to create systems around them and how to wield them and use them so that we never miss the mark whether it be the mark of God or the mark of the enemy, whatever mark we aim at, we will hit the mark. I pray over every minister. I pray over every teacher. I pray over every person in service, whether it be in the, in fact, it is all in the kingdom. Every person in service, whether you are a consultant or a service provider, whatever you do that is a service, I pray that today, the Lord will open your eyes and he will show you how to better refine the services or better refine the skills that you have so that you can provide more services so that you can improve on the services that you already have in the mighty name of Jesus. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible as far as our eyes to, can see. Our Lord, we pray that you will cause our eyes to see further than it has ever seen in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And it was after all of this, after, after um, David had prepared himself, after he had sat down with the spirit, after he had allowed the, the hand of God to do and cook the work in him and cook his skills and prepare him for the day of battle, then he could say to the Philistine, thou comest against me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. I pray that even as we now rightly position ourselves with God, the head of the Philistine will be cut off in the name of Jesus. The authority of the Philistine will surrender to the name of Jesus. It will surrender to the, the rod of God that is in us in the name of Jesus. I pray that the rod that God has refined in our lives through the processes, through the pains, through the experiences, through our 
our journey with him will swallow up the serpents, every other serpent of the magicians, of the diviners, of any other counter government in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. And he said, the Lord will deliver you in my hand. I will smite thee. I will take your head and I will give your carcasses to, of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you unto our hands. Father, we give this battle to you. But in the giving of this battle, let us also see our roles to play in this battle. We thank you, Father, for revelation this morning. Because indeed, this has been light. Indeed, Lord, you have taught us and caused us to shift again in the knowledge of your word. This week, as we stay in the knowledge of the word of God, Baba, open our eyes. Let us not be blind to any aspect of our lives, Lord. Let us and all of our children, every part of our beings, every part of our families, every part of our DNA, everything that concerns us, Lord, let it see, see this light. Let it receive this light and let it be transformed. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We give you thanks, O oh God. We thank you for another time in your presence. We ask, Father, that you confirm every word that we have heard, Lord, and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. God bless you.